This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. I'll tell you, we're so fortunate to have Ramshead on stage in Annapolis because it gives us a chance to see some music legends right here at home. And one of them is here with us today. He's the founding member of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, recipient of not one, but two Grammy Awards, a member of the Banjo Hall of Fame. And welcome to John McEwen, man. How are you today? You're, you're talking about me. What a shock. I, I didn't know I, I was a legend. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And d- I mean, you knew about those Grammy Awards, didn't you? Yeah, I did, of course. Okay. One of them was for Steve Martin's album that I produced, The Crow, his first bluegrass album. Another one was for an instrumental with Earl Scruggs. And uh, that was from the Circle Be Unbroken Volume 3. And I've had a couple nominations on, in spite, on top of that, too. Ah, uh, uh, you know, unbelievable unbelievable career that you've had, but you're going to be here in Annapolis on March 21st at Ramshead on stage. And I did take a peek and tickets are still available. You can get them at ramsheadonstage.com. And unless you want to venture to new England, Pittsburgh, or Georgia, this is John McEwen's only stop in the region on this tour. So <laughs> get yeah. your t- and, and nobody wants to go to Pittsburgh from here. We don't like Pittsburgh. That's uh that's just a football rivalry that goes. <laughs> I like Pittsburgh. It's fine. You drive you drive out from uh, across the bridge, across the river, and there's the town. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, um, you are a founding member of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Um, you spent one of, one of the guys. Yeah. I know you spent. Well, you spent twenty years with the band, then you stepped back to do some solo and other projects for about fifteen. You came back for another sixteen, and now you're back on to more solo and other projects. So it's... Yeah, back when, that, back when it all started, there was a kid named Les Thompson. He was 17 years old. He called me up and said, this is in 1966. And he said, the guys at the music store are, are getting together and we're starting a band. You want to come be starting it with us? And I said, sure, what is it? And it was a nitty-gritty dirt band. In August of 1966, I joined up, and that was Les Thompson that called me. And he's going to be with me. He, he, he's played with me for the last six or seven years. Uh, plays bass and sings, and it's really great to have Les out there. When when I met him when he was 16, 17. That's and, wild. Well, well, I know you're coming with. It. I mean, the title of the uh, of the act, John McEwen and the Circle Band, and that's sort of a nod to the Nitty Gritty album from Gosh, that's fifty years ago now, right? Yeah, and it's a celebration of the fiftieth year uh, of that album. Um, because that's <laughs> that album was part of the Ken Burns documentary on country music, and I closed out the section episode six for about twenty minutes of a story about "Will the Circle Be Unbroken," which was the title of that segment. "Will the Circle Be Unbroken," and we do many songs from the album, and I tell the stories that were behind them, and often different songs come up, and different stories come up <laughs> and that's in uh, in part part of what it's, it's called the circle band and i have to call it something right and, uh, well well who's going to be joining you in the circle band this time around well danny nicely is a he's a guy that's new to the this this particular game but he grew up on the Circle album himself, he's about 45 years old, and he plays the fire out of the acoustic guitar and mandolin. And he's just a, a great player and a, and a singer of a really wonderful. He's got that southern tone that, that's a boy from Virginia whose grandpa played the banjo might have. 
<laughs> you would expect to have. Right. And with Les and Danny and somebody else might show up to sit in, but that's our basic core. And if they have video projection, I'll be using a, a bunch of slides for the show. Uh, not slides, but a, a combination of film and video and stills. They they absolutely do, and it's really cool when people do that. I know that uh, Dave Mason came in and uh, used some stuff from his old days, and uh, it, was, it made it into a great sort of a retrospective. And I know that a lot of your shows tend to be a retrospective of your 55 years. Is that well, right? it's, it's, it's a strange to say retrospective. It's, is it retro? I don't know. I guess so. It is retro. Well, partially, but, but it's, you've got to look forward too, right? Uh, yeah, and some of the music comes from the new album Made in Brooklyn that won a couple of awards. I put out a few years, uh, a couple years, a year before COVID, and uh, and some of it is off the cuff. We always do at least two songs that we haven't rehearsed, <laughs> but we happen to know. Uh, do you know that? Do you know that? Okay, let's go. Let's give it a shot. That's well, and, I, you, uh, you know, I love I love a sort of an impromptu show. Uh, it's it's real. And well, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that you're going in like not knowing what you're doing, but you know, when you get into a small room like Ram's head on stage and, and we're able to, you're really interacting with the acts. It's amazing. Yeah. I like that interaction. And, and the Ram's head is a, a great room because people are right there in front of you and, and they have a great sound system. Now, do you prefer, do you prefer, I mean, is there a preference between touring with and, you know, recording with Nitty Gritty Dirt Band versus your solo and, you know, the other projects that you're working on? Or are they all great? Well, at the end of 50 years with the Dirt Band, we were doing our 50th anniversary tour, which took a year and a half. <laughs> and I stepped off the bus and said, I'll see you later, boys. I, I have I've had too many things to turn down that have come up for my solo efforts, things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I was in the band because it was happening while I was in the group and there's plenty to do. And it's a, it's, it's a continuation. The dirt band was a good part of my past. Also Les's past, Les Thompson, who's playing with me. And I bring those parts of the past out to the stage and the audience and tell them what they were like. Tell them, I like to take questions. So if you know any questions about the 60s, 70s, 80s, bring them on. Oh. Also, you know, we were the first American band to go to Russia in 1977. And that was quite an impactful trip. 28 sold out shows. And the influence is still felt today, I've been told. Do do you like to play the? Well, I mean, you said you like the intimacy of the smaller rooms, but I mean, is there? I mean, playing a stadium or you know these giant shows. I mean, is I mean, which which is there a preference? I mean, I guess it's probably different. It's different. I'm doing the Florida Folk Festival this year again. I'll be playing on Saturday night to twelve thousand people, and that will be fun. But I'm playing. Uh, the Rams had, and that will be fun. It'll, I, I don't know if it's more fun or I don't like to think of it as more. It's what's happening that night. It's got to be the best I can be. I got it. It doesn't matter if it's 50 people or 500 or five, five or 10,000. You've got to do the best that you can do. That's what people came to see, you know? And 
that is the challenge. It's like playing chess with yourself. <laughs> I, I guess I can see that. I guess I can see that. Um, no, I mean, well, look at it this way. If I was a magician, I would practice a trick over and over and over and I get it right. I can do it in front of a mirror. I can fool myself practically. Then what do I do? I have to go do it for somebody. I have to do it in front of, of some people. Well, that's what the music is like. I don't sit around the house and play the music. It's in my set. I don't, you have to go out and play for people. And that's what I like. Right. Right. Well, I, you know, I read an article that said that you had done over 10,000 concerts. Does that sound about right? And 3 million miles on the road. Well, they're both a little low, but that sounds about right. That's crazy. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big math whiz here, but I'm just looking at my trusty calculator. It's like 181 shows a year and 54,000 miles. Well, keep in mind that some of those shows are um, two shows in one night. Sure. Sometimes it was three in one night. Well, fortunately, not too often, but there was a, a couple hundred of those. <laughs> but that, that's still an incredible number. Yes, it is. It's a very, uh, the mileage, I, I've got my two million mile award, a little, they sent me a little statue, Delta Airlines for You've flown over 2 million miles on Delta. And if I would have signed up to that mileage club when it started, it would be 3 million. But <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I've, I've done equal amount on um, United and uh, the other airlines. Used to fly Braniff a lot. but And, uh, yeah, it's been good. Well, does it blow – does it absolutely blow your mind that, that you've been in the business this long and – I mean, it's your music still resonates with. I mean, music is timeless. I, I I get that, but I mean, when you started out, did you ever imagine that you'd be here today? Yes, I did, and I I have to tell you that this is the I'm living the dream. When I was a teenager, I saw the group the Dillards at a coffee house, and that blew my mind. That I just, you know, they were the Darlin family on the Andy Griffith show. Uh huh. But they were the Dillards before that. And I, that's what I saw. And I, I went to see them dozens of times and that's what I wanted, wanted to do. And I wanted to have a job that as I got older, I could keep working at it. I could keep developing, keep playing. And it just seemed like music was a good, good thing to go after. I was watching Doc Watson and Earl Scruggs, these older people. Older. <laughs> Earl Scruggs, when we did the Circle Be Unbroken album, I I was the one that asked Earl if he wanted to record with the Dirt Band one night. I was taking him back to the hotel after a show in Colorado, and and uh, he said, oh, I'd be proud to. And I almost drove off the road. That's <laughs> and cool. a week later, this is 19, 1970, uh, 71. A week later, Doc Watson was playing the same club. And I said, well, I was more confident. I was, hey, uh, Doc, it's very nice to meet you. I was wondering, would you like to have worked on an album or chord with us and Earl Scruggs on an album? And uh, since I said Earl Scruggs, well, it's yours. A little stuff. bit of a name drop there, right? <laughs> well, I had to. I needed some ammunition. Doc didn't. Earl had known me. <laughs> Earl knew me because he came to see the Dirt Band six months earlier in Vanderbilt University. He'd heard 
uh, I asked him why he came to see us, and he says, I wanted to meet the boy who played Randy Lynn Rag the way I intend to. And that was one of his tunes, and it was on the album that he'd listened to. And so I, I'd gotten to know him over the next six months, but I hadn't met Doc Watson. And I met him that night, and, and eight weeks later, eight weeks after I asked those questions, we started recording. And six days later, after recording for six days, we had done 36 songs, and the Circle album was done. That's it wild. was done because we recorded two track and there was no mixing. There was only sequencing and, and editing since it's handled. My brother produced the album and he shot the photographs and he shot so many photographs of the dirt band, the early group in the sixties, late sixties and leading up to the circle that I put out a book this last year called, will the circle be unbroken? The making of the landmark album. And it's a book with 150 photographs with all the stories behind them. All from your brother? Uh, well, no, the photos are my brothers. Right. The stories The stories are what we went through, both as an early young group, and then we got the sessions, and we're at this, in the studio. There's 105, 115 session photos. Only 45 of them have been seen. So this is kind of, it's neat. People have been loving the book. I'm so happy about that. Well, we'll make sure we put a link into this when we get, when we get this up there. Do you miss the, the, the old, and I say the old days, and that could have been 10, 20 years ago, but the uh, old days of music when we didn't have all the streaming and I mean, it, it was, you know, as out record albums as not opposed to CDs and downloads and all that kind of stuff. Is that, I mean, I, I miss it. Do you do you guys miss that as an as artists? It's a hard question because I, you know, the albums are coming back, and that makes the artwork come back. If you have an album and you need artwork, you don't have to make it as small as a CD. And some people that make CDs have proposed making them, putting them on a piece of cardboard as big as an album cover. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so you can have the artwork. Uh, so it's a strange question. I, I, do I miss it? But I do and I don't. I uh, <laughs> Silly answer, John. Uh, <laughs> I don't miss it because it's easier to get music out there. It's easier to get it around the world. I can send somebody a couple songs instantly. Right. You want an MP3 or do you want a high res? Okay, here you go. Hit send. You know, I don't have to get their address. Go to the mailbox. Go to, uh, go to the post office. Mail it. Wait, did you get it? You know. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that, that really is good. But on the other hand, somebody asked me the difference between the old days and the current times, and I I thought of this and I use this to explain it. But picture yourself at a baseball diamonds a little 5,000 seat you know um, stadium and you're on home plate playing the guitar and everybody's eating and stuff and everybody's well they're all ordering food it's before the game and you're out there playing guitar and they start listening and they pretty soon they quit talking and they're all most of them are listening and then 
you do a song and they a lot of them start singing and they're all singing along and then by the end of your little 20 minute set you've won the place everybody's a big big applause that's one version that's the old days nowadays picture yourself out on home plate and everybody in the stands has a guitar or a trumpet or a banjo and they're all playing different songs yeah <laughs> you've got five thousand songs coming at you and some of them are good but you can't tell which ones and some of them are bad and you can't tell which you know it's just that's today that's the internet that's what so much available so much being sent out there it is there's a lot of noise out there that's for sure yeah that's for sure now you've you've collaborated with you know a to z the who's who in the music industry over your over your career so far who have you not collaborated with that you would love to that um Um, you maybe dead or alive uh, they think they're alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Fogarty and Paul McCartney. Okay. And that that's my wish list. I found out that Fogarty is a is a fan of mine, so I I just don't have the nerve to call him and say, "Hey, you need anything? A lap steel, a banjo, whatever." Why not call him up and say, "Hey, man, you want to work with me and Earl Scruggs?" Give me his number, and I'll call him. <laughs> I actually got his management number, but uh, anyway, and Paul McCartney, um, I met twice, and that was nice, but uh, it was, uh, he's just, you know, who wouldn't want to record with Paul McCartney? True. I'd like to find 10 notes to do to one of his songs that would, just to, just to do. True. Well, I'll tell you what, as we start to wrap up again, John McEwen and the Circle Band is coming to Ramshead on stage March 21st for one show. It's at 8 p.m. Doors will open at 7. You can get your tickets at ramsheadonstage.com. But throughout your career, is there, and I'm not going to, this is sort of like asking what your favorite kid is, but uh, <laughs> of, is there a single song, and I'm not going to say what's your favorite, but is there a single song that you never tire of playing, and it could be because of an audience reaction or just something deep inside you or or something. Is there a song that when you get up on stage, you say, you know, this feels just as good today as it did yesterday, as it did last year or 20 years ago. It depends. You mean song or instrumental? See, cause some instrumentals like dismal swap, one of my early songs, I love to play that song. <laughs> I love to pick it and see where it's going to go. And, but then a song like Mr. Bojangles, it's different every time. It's, it reaches people. It, it really is fun to do that. John McEwen, thank you so much for your time today. I wish you safe travels to Annapolis, and I can't wait to see you at Ramshead on stage on the 21st. Well, thanks for spreading the word. I appreciate it. I think the Ramshead is a great place. He did the old soft shoe. He jumped so high, he jumped so high, and then he lied to touch down. I met a man selling New Orleans hours down and out. He looked at me to be the eyes of age. 
as I spoke right out. He talked of life, he talked of life. He laughed, clicked his heels, and stared. Said his name Bojangles and he danced a lick across the cell. He grabbed his pants and spread his stance, so he jumped so high. And then he clicked his heels. He let go alive. Oh, he let go alive. Shook back his clothes. All around. Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles. You dance for those at minstrel shows and county fairs. And he spoke through tears of 15 years. How's dogging him? They traveled about where the dog up and died. He up and died. After 20 years, he still grieves. He said, I dance now at every chance in honky tonk for drinks and tips. But most of the time I spend behind these county bars. Cause I drink a bit. He shook his head, and as he shook his head. I heard someone ask him, please, please, Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, Mr. Bojangles, won't you dance? I knew a man, Bojangles, and he danced for you. has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday. 